want you to turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. We've been walking through the Christmas story together over the last few weeks, and we'll continue to do that throughout the remainder of, of this month as we rejoice in Christmas time together. This morning's sermon is Lessons from the Life of Mary. Lessons from the Life of Mary. As you're turning in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, verse 26, I asked a question to all of us. Have you ever taken a lesson, maybe a guitar lesson, or a piano lesson, or horseback riding, or scuba diving? Maybe it was a swimming lesson. We've all had lessons. Maybe it's a lesson we have had in, in school from a school teacher. But a lesson is, a, is an amount of teaching that's given at one time. Uh, or you could say it this way. It's a period of time of learning and, and teaching. In education, a teacher will make what's called a lesson plan. And that's essentially deciding what to teach, when to teach it, and how to teach it. But I want to tell us. In our lives, I believe that God is the best, most effective teacher. And I believe that God, if I can say it this way, I feel like God creates individual lesson plans, if you will, for you and I. I believe he has a plan for our lives. I believe that he has a purpose for our lives. I believe he wants to teach us many things along this journey. And I believe that he looks at each one of us. And I believe that he develops what I would call a godly or a God-created lesson plan. God is the best teacher. God uses experiences in our lives to teach us. He uses mentors in our lives. Sometimes through our own reading and studying, we learn things that God wants us to know. Many times just through relationships, people who God puts into our lives who cause us to learn godly principles, godly values, things that God wants us to know. God also uses our failures and our mistakes if we let him. We should never let our failures or our mistakes stop us. We should never let our failures or mistakes define us. But instead, we give those things to God, knowing that he can work all things to good in our lives. So you may have said this before, I hope they learned their lesson. Might have wagged your finger when you said that. Maybe you've told someone, learn from your mistakes. When I was still working in, in the schools, I would tell students all the time, learn not just from your mistakes, learn from someone else's mistakes. If they go over the cliff, then maybe you could learn not to follow them, right? If someone else makes a mistake, sometimes we can learn from their mistake and not make it ourselves. But ultimately, God is teaching us, and what he's trying to teach us will always correlate to God's word. Isn't it a blessed thought to know that God has inspired and given us his written word? Every principle for living is found in God's word. Every promise for victorious living is found in God's word, the Bible. Every practical application and wisdom and knowledge all are found in the word of God. What do you mean the word of God, pastor? The Bible. God has given us these things very clearly in the Bible. 
I ask us a question this morning. Do we know his word? Do we read his word? Do we study his word, his Bible? So today we'll look at some lessons from the life of Mary. And the first lesson that I pulled out from this story, this account, this historical account of Mary and the birth of Christ is this. The mission is possible. The mission is possible. What is a mission? A mission is an important assignment that needs to be carried out. And I believe that each one of us needs to look at our individual lives as being a God-given mission to be lived out. You mean to tell me, pastor, that my life is important? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Do you mean to tell me my life has purpose and meaning? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You say, Pastor, even in the condition I find myself now or even in the circumstance that I am facing or even after the failures that I have had, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, our lives have purpose and meaning and the mission that God has for each one of us is possible. Mary was given what would seem to be an impossible task. In fact, it was an impossible mission. But we'll see that God gave her the resources and the ability to fulfill the assignment that he had for her. He'll do the same for you and I. Would you look with me to verse 26? Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying. And she considered what manner of greeting this was. What is this? What is he saying? Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Let me stop for just a moment and just remind every one of us we don't have to be afraid because we have found favor with God through his son Jesus Christ. Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say that. Jesus. And he will be great, and he will call the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. What do we find? What lessons do we learn from this little passage right here? One is this, God is exact. God is exact. God is precise. God has a timing, God has a place, God has a person, and God has a purpose. Galatians 4.4 tells me that in the fullness of time is when God sent his son. It was all planned even prior to the foundations of the world. God had it planned the exact time, the exact moment, even the exact person, Mary, he would use to bring forth his son. And I believe that a God who is that exact That specific is very exact and very specific in your life and in my life. And what we find ourselves facing in our life does not surprise God. 
nor do the great opportunities that maybe we find in front of us from time to time. Those do not intimidate God. God is exact. God has a plan for our lives, a purpose for our lives, and our mission is possible. Let me tell you something else that God will do. He will, he's not only exact, he will extract fear. He will take away fear. Let me remind each one of us as we live our lives, don't live in fear. It's easy to become fearful, isn't it? It's easy to become intimidated. It's easy to become anxious and nervous and wring our hands and wonder. But the angel said to Mary, do not be afraid. Fear not. You have found favor with God. I want to remind every one of us, if we have come to know Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives and the Savior of our souls, we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear what tomorrow will bring. We don't have to fear what is before us. The challenge that we face, the angel said, fear not. God is exact. God will extract fear. And also God will extend. He will extend out This birth of Jesus Christ was not like some kind of comet that shot through the atmosphere and here today and gone tomorrow. But we're preaching about a man, Jesus Christ, who was fully God and fully man and who was with God in the beginning and will be with God at the very ending. In fact, we'll have no ending. And here in the scriptures, it says he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Can I depend upon this Lord Christ to extend joy to me? Yes. Joy that is lasting. Hope that is sustained. Peace that will endure. And purpose that can be fulfilled. Why? Because Jesus Christ is an enduring Savior. From the beginning to the end, no beginning and no end. Christ the Lord. Our mission is possible. Tomorrow when you get up in the morning, after you have pressed the snooze bar for 93 and a half times. Am I the only one that does that? And I get up or you get up and we begin to face whatever challenge or obstacle that it might be before us, I want to remind us that he still extends grace and mercy every single morning, every single day. Jesus Christ, his kingdom shall have no ending. The mission is possible. Oh, let's read on this morning. Not only is the mission possible, but we can have a mindset. The mindset of Christ is possible. The mindset. Look with me, uh, starting at verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man, how can I have a child when I have not known a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And therefore also that Holy One who is born in you will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, 
nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, here I am, Lord. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I grabbed three things, or, the, or three things grabbed me, I guess, out of that little passage of Scripture, lessons in this life of Mary. One was this, the powerless are powerful. The powerless are really powerful. What are you saying, Pastor? Looking at verse 35, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Let me preach here this morning. Sometimes we feel powerless. Sometimes we feel inadequate. Sometimes we don't feel that we have the resources to get through the day, much less accomplish anything beyond that. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he gives us power. I still believe that the Holy Spirit is within this world in which we live today. I still believe that the Holy Spirit was sent from God, from heaven, to abide with us, to give us comfort, to guide us into all truth, to give us power from on high. Mary said, I can't do this in myself. The angel said, you don't have to do this in yourself. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The powerless can be powerful. The second thing that I see here is from the life of this lady named Elizabeth. And the, the lesson is the barren can be bountiful. If I can just tell the story of Elizabeth my way, just for a couple minutes here, I see a lady, Elizabeth, who was very, very old, who had been barren, who had longed for a child and had probably long given up on having a child. But maybe, just maybe, she showed up one Friday afternoon at the Season Saints luncheon on the second Friday of the month. And maybe, just maybe, some of the ladies were looking at her and thinking, has she put on weight? And right before they went through the serving line, maybe, just maybe, oh, Elizabeth stood up and said, I have an announcement to make. I'm expecting a child. Now, I tell you, we have great season saints luncheons. We had one the other day, and I love it. I'm an honorary member. We've never had an announcement like that. But Elizabeth, who was barren, became bountiful. It's never too late with God. The angel says, listen, Mary, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the impossible is going to become possible, and you're powerless, but you're going to come powerful. And even your cousin Elizabeth in her old age, the barren, have become bountiful. What a beautiful, beautiful story. What a truth, what a promise, what a mindset. What am I saying? We should learn this lesson to have a mindset that God can take us through anything God can help us deal with anything or anybody and with God nothing shall be impossible nothing shall be impossible what's our what's our response then to these lessons from this part of the passage from Mary our response should be as Mary's was Lord let it be unto me according to thy word 
Let it be unto me according to thy word. So the mission is possible. The mindset is possible. And finally, the magnification is possible. Look with me, please, verse 39. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened while Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary. I love this story right here. That the babe leaped in Elizabeth's womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and she said, Blessed are you, blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as I heard the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe, this babe was John the Baptist. He leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. What is magnification? If you get a big old magnifying glass and you put it there, it brings those words bigger and closer and larger. It magnifies it. It, it spreads it out. But one other way of wording what magnification is, it increases in significance. Mary began to magnify the Lord. Elizabeth began to magnify the Lord. And, and what we praise and what we worship and how we express that shows magnification to something or somebody. Hopefully that expression is to God. Hopefully that praise is to God. And hopefully we are verbally at times hopefully magnifying God. But it's more than just the verbal part. I believe that, that God, that Christ should be magnified. He should increase in significance in our own lives and how we live and how we act and how we react. I see here a, a spreading, a spreading of the good news of the gospel. Mary, as the choir sang, being the first one to carry the gospel. But as she walked into the, the little room that day, the little cottage where Elizabeth was, and she began to speak, something stirred on the inside of Elizabeth. And it was because Christ was in Mary. And it provoked a response in Elizabeth. And I believe this morning, uh, children of God, that we should have enough of Christ in us. That our interactions should spread, should magnify the glorious gospel. And maybe, just maybe, it will provoke a response in someone else's life. There was a spreading. And then there was a stirring. As Elizabeth said, the baby just leaped in my womb and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. What a powerful thing that happened there. And she began to bless God. Hopefully you and I have had the joys of sins forgiven. Hopefully you and I have known the presence and the blessing of the Holy Spirit on the inside of our lives. But there are those out there that we ought to magnify the message of the gospel.
So much that maybe there will be a stirring on the inside of them. What needs to happen around Albemarle and Greene counties and surrounding counties? What needs to happen? A stirring needs to happen. People need to be stirred again by the moving of the Holy Spirit. And we have the message and we know the Christ. And may we be conduits and hands and feet of him. And magnify him throughout the land. A stirring, a spreading. And then there was a singing. Elizabeth began to speak out. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And there are those who have taken, you could read on, time prohibits me from reading on her beautiful expression of praise, which has been turned into a beautiful song and, and a classic, really. You can read it this week, perhaps. But Mary began to praise and magnify the Lord. Am I shooting myself this morning? I keep hearing... Perhaps someone got worried when I said that I haven't preached in two weeks. 